Hi guys, and welcome to Normal with Autism. Welcome back, thanks for joining us again. And today is uh, quite special because I am interviewing my first ever person on the podcast, and it's Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Hey. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we are going to talk today, and I'll get into what we're talking about, but I'm excited because, Jessica, you are the first person I'm interviewing, and um, so you kind of have a special place in our, our podcast as the first mm-hmm. person to be interviewed. All right. Fancy. Oh, yay. Um, and so Sarah's not here today. Uh, she's taking a little bit of a break. She is very busy and she is taking lots of pictures. Yes. Yeah. It is the season. Yes. Yeah. She has lots of pictures. She just took our pictures. Um, and I know she's like, so we have, we're at Jessica's house and we're at her kitchen table today, which is awesome. And, um, we're hanging out with some friends tonight. So we're doing the podcast before we hang out with our friends. And one of our friends is Sarah. Um, and she takes, like, she took my pictures. Mm-hmm. She's taken some other friends of ours pictures. We all kind of hang out together. And so she's and very... she needs to take my pictures. And now she's going to take <laughs> Jessica's pictures. I need to ask her. Yes. Well, I know she'll say yes. No. Um, but she's very busy. So she's kind of taking a break for a minute while she is in her busy mm-hmm. season. So if you guys want to check out her work, make sure you check her out on Instagram. And it's at Sarah Cell Photography. And look at all her beautiful, beautiful pictures that she takes. I she think she always does an awesome job. Yeah, I think especially this time of year too. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, I love the fall and anything she does is pretty amazing. So, um, and speaking of Instagram, you can check us out on normal with uh, at normal with autism. That's the official Instagram page. Come on over, say hi. And I'll make a request of you now. If you're listening on iTunes, please press pause. I promise we'll be here when you get back. Press pause. Go to the page on iTunes. Give us a couple of stars. Give us five stars if you feel like it. Put down your thoughts about what you think about the show. Let us know that you think we're doing an awesome job. If you rate us, that's how we get in front of more people. That's how we get the word out. So please press pause. Go do that now. Come on back. We'll still be here. Um, so yeah, so getting into today. So welcome, Jessica. Hi. She <laughs> again. She is part of my church family. Um, we attend the same church. And I thought I would bring her on um to talk a little bit today about the idea of being an advocate and being an ally. And I see Jessica as an ally, and, and we'll get into that um, and what that means. And I'm excited to interview her. Um, she's kind of a new friend. Uh, we've just gotten to know each other in the last year. And would you take a minute and just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and sure. who you are and the awesomeness that is... <laughs> I don't know about that. ...is you? <laughs> um. So, like Tara said, my name is Jessica Castles, and um, I'm a wife. I've been married to my husband, Trey Castles, for 11 years. Uh, we have three crazy boys mm-hmm. that keep us on our toes. Um, their names are Jude, 
Indy, and Phoenix. And they are ages 8, 6, and 3. So they're the best of friends and the worst of enemies at, at times. But, you know, we make it through. And um, I stay at home with my kids. I just have that wonderful opportunity to do that right now. Um, I haven't always done that full time. Um, but in this season, I find myself there. Mm-hmm. And um, I grew up in Texas. Both my husband and I grew up in Texas. We That's where we met and got married and had our first two kids. Um, and we moved to Ohio four years ago. And so we're transplants, but we love it here. And what, what part of Texas did you guys Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay. Yeah. And I'm saying that like I know where that is. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. In Texas. Why would you ask me about geography here? It's in North Texas. It's, it's called North Texas. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I, it's not like, I don't know why they call it North Texas. Cause it's not up in like the panhandle, like okay. the big square part. It's more like below, <laughs> below Oklahoma. <laughs> it's somewhere there. Yeah. It's not in the middle. It's kind of up in the top, right? That's awesome. Yeah. That's okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. Well, we're glad you came here from Texas. Um, do you, did you all, you all have fall in Texas? Does fall happen I don't know there? What, I don't know what fall was Autumn? until I came here. Oh, really? No. No, it's like... Um, Is that... That's a stupid goes, question, well, no, isn't it? No, it goes from like 90 degrees to like 40 degrees, 50 degrees, and it just stays there until spring. Okay. I mean, it dips down here and there, but... But really, it just... Nothing like the colors here. That's really why I love Ohio is because of the four seasons. Yes. I mean, like, you really get to experience all four. Yeah. Um, But no, uh, autumn or fall in Texas... Oh, my gosh. I always joke around with people because we used to take our kids to a... I'm doing air quotes. Pumpkin patch. And really all it was was just a bunch of hay spread all over the ground in a big field and some pumpkins just thrown out there. And you take pictures and you do all the fun, you know, fall things. But here, I mean, like you go pick off pumpkins off the vine. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty popular. Yeah. Or you grow pumpkins in your backyard like yes. we have. Do you, you have pumpkins in your backyard? Not at the moment. We planted them did. too late. They didn't get pollinated oh, by those bees. I got you. Okay. All right. <laughs> but anyways, yes. Fall down there is not what it is up here. And okay. the colors there go from green to brown. Okay. There's no orange, yellows, reds. That kind of thing. Yes. Okay. Well, we're glad you're here so you could experience fall. Yeah. And talk for just a second. What brought you here? Uh, my husband's job actually brought us here. Um, I, always, I always thought... It was always my biggest fear to move away mm-hmm. from my family because we're really close with both sides of our family and um, we're just family people. So it was just never a want of mine to move away. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it's worked out for the best. It's worked out so good. It's grown me in so many ways and I've, it's, learned, it's, it's helped me learn to be more independent and it's really helped our family become more tight knit because, you know, we're not sharing holiday, all holidays with family, like extended family anymore. So it Mm kind of just makes us like turn inward and we've really built a great, you know, foundation with the boys. Um, and I know that it's not always going to be like that, but for now Mm -hmm. we, we love to be together. We do, we do all sorts of things together. So, um, but we, we came up here for my husband's job 
Um, and he was working at a church um, in Reynoldsburg. And uh, we just started meeting people from Crossroads and fell in love. And it is so much more in Trey's wheelhouse. And mm-hmm. he just, you know, he loves it there and we love it there. Um, it feels like home to us, that church. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably more close to what our church background mm-hmm. was. Um, but we learned a lot when we came up here and mm-hmm. um, being in a role that <clears throat> for him just grew him in many ways and us as a family. And mm-hmm. um, so to be where we are now, it feels, it feels right. And it feels like home and we couldn't ask for better people to be surrounded by, better community to be established with. So, mm-hmm. Well, we're, I mean, I'm part of that community you came mm-hmm. into and I know we were pretty excited to have you guys come on board. And I think, um, cause we just connected in the last year. Yeah. So like in 2018. And I think one of the things that I first connected with you on, well, both of our husbands obviously are in the worship band. Yeah. Um, so that was one, but then another connection is we're both boy moms. Yes. You have all boys. I have my boys. Mm-hmm. And I think initially that was like, Oh, Hey, I recognize what you go through. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like a fellow, you know, like a kindred spirit yes. type thing. Yes. Yeah. So we, we could recognize that. And I think that's one of the things we initially connected on. And so one of the, the reasons that I started this podcast is because I wanted to invite people to our table. Mm-hmm. I wanted people to come in and see what is, what is it like in a special needs family? What is it like in an, in a neurodiverse family? Um, you know, just day in and day out. What do you guys go through? And so I'd started the podcast and you had mentioned that to me, like you were like, yeah, I want to know what that's like. And that's why I'm excited to talk with you today because you're, I feel like you're one of the people who get it. So you have your kiddos and they're, you know, pretty typical kiddos. They're awesome, by the way. They dress really nice and they have great hair. You can thank their dad for that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So they have his sense of style. Right. Um, But I I think what's exciting is that you were like, yeah, I want to listen to your podcast and figure out like what what is your life like? Yes, absolutely. Like for you guys. Um, And one of the first things I remember we connected on is we were having people over at someone's house. I think it was over at my house. And you were like, well, what are you doing with your kids? And I was like, oh, well, we're going to kick them out. And you were like, well, they should go hang out with my husband and my kids. And I'm like, oh, well, it's really hard to take Finn to new places. And I think you talked a little bit about you had had an experience in Texas with friends Mm -hmm. who also were a special needs family. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes. So tell me a little bit about that. Um, We went to church with... Uh, an awesome family. They were, they will forever be just friends and people that we learned from and we'll carry our experiences and interactions with them for a really long time. Um, they, their, their last name is Alexander. Um, and they are an amazing family. They have, um, a, a huge heart for adoption Okay, and, um, they have four biological children and then they have three adoptive children. And wow. um, so their hearts are so big. I always remember asking uh, Emily, 
my friend, um, how, I mean, like, how do you find room in your heart to like love this many? Mm-hmm. And she says, it just, it just keeps growing with the next one. It just keeps growing. And, um, we found ourselves at their house a lot okay. and it, I think it really just stemmed out of just a curiosity of like, how does a big family like this work? And, yeah. and more importantly, how does it, how does a family with special needs work? Um, because their first child that they brought home, um, they brought him home as a baby and they, they think they noticed around, um, about month five that he wasn't hitting some of his milestones. Mm-hmm. And so they got further testing and they realized that he was actually born without a frontal lobe in his brain. Oh my goodness. And, um, it was for them. They'll tell you that it was, it, it was just crazy news to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had no clue. And, they call him their ripple maker because he um he can't speak and he can't walk but he his smile illuminates the room mm. and i will never forget that because it made like, it made a huge it made a huge impact on my life and so we um we had a baby at that time like we just had one mm-hmm. and i felt i think it came from a place of like i felt like i was struggling as a mom with a baby, like, I was like, I don't know how this works. I have to keep this human alive. Like, I don't know. So it was so, it drew me to their family because like they had, they had eight of them and I'm like, how are they doing this? They're keeping all yes. eight of them alive. Yes. Yeah. And, um, so this little boy's name is Abby and he, I just, I just loved him. And I, and I didn't, I had never been around really a special needs kid or I had never been, um, in a circle where I would enter into a house of someone with special needs. So that was kind of my first interaction with um, a family who had um, a kid with special needs. And I was just blown away. And it really, in all truth, gave me such a bigger picture of God Mm -hmm. because Mm. how precious Mm. and like how much that could he exude like the light of Christ and he could speak no words. Mm -hmm. And I was just really intrigued from that point on. And, um, so it was, they just have been a family that has been so precious to us and Mm -hmm. they always will be. So that was kind of just our first interaction with someone that, with a family that had special needs. And can we just take a minute with that? Wow. Mm -hmm. That you would notice like you said, the light of Christ in him. And you said he not speaking, yeah. smiling, mm-hmm. not walking. So difficult for interaction. But you notice that like, oh, yeah, that was the first thing that hit you about that kiddo yes. was you could see the light of Christ mm-hmm. in him and his his sounds that like when he would just see someone, yeah. he would just shriek and he would just be so excited. I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. What, what an amazing experience for you and what an experience for them that you were someone from the outside who could get it. Mm, Yeah. They, I mean, they were, it was, and I think it was them because they just invited us in. Right. Because I think so many times, and this is how I felt for so long is like, I was really curious about how, what life looked like with someone that had a special needs child or an Mm -hmm. adult. And 
it was really kind of some fear that was keeping me from that. And it wasn't fear of the person. It was fear of like saying the wrong thing or asking the wrong questions or saying the wrong words. Mm -hmm. And it really kept me from um, just being curious for a long time. And Mm -hmm. I think that they were, they, they had an inviting spirit about them Mm -hmm. and like they welcomed us in and like they, they were an open book. Like we could ask anything to them about Abby's experiences and what life was like for him. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah. Wow. And let me just say for a minute to take a second and reflect on you acknowledged your fear. Like you were able to mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm, I'm kind of at a distance because I'm fearful. Yeah. And again, not because of the actual kid or the situation, but you didn't want to, I don't know, add in some way, you know, negativity by asking the right. wrong thing. Yeah. Or- I didn't want them to be really mad at me for, <sighs> for saying like, yeah. you know, I'm, I think I'm afraid of like the lingo sometimes like, like. You know, what do you call a person that doesn't have special needs? Like, yes. what does this community call a person that doesn't have special needs? Mm-hmm. And like, even just words like that. So it kept me from saying any words, mm-hmm. which was not the answer. Mm-hmm. And and you you make a good point. I mean, we have a lot of lingo. We have lingo coming out the wazoo, especially to describe all the different things we have to go through. And we have alphabet soup for all the different diagnoses that mm-hmm. we have and things like that. So I think it's great that you were able to use your curiosity to be able to overcome that fear. And that's, I think that's one of the ways people can be an ally is just to say like, yeah, I'm a little afraid because I don't want to screw this up, but being able to kind of jump over that fear and not let it keep you from having an amazing experience Mm -hmm. with people. Mm -hmm. So I think that's great that you were able to do that. And I, and I do, I see you as an ally and it literally means like you're a supporter, you unify, you join together, um, you act together, we, you know, protect Mm -hmm. one another. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important for people to, typical people, typical families to get that. I, I, I need everybody in our corner, mm-hmm. you know, that family that you experienced in Texas, they needed you in their corner because at the end of the day, we need everybody to get it, to support us. Mm-hmm. And that's other special needs families, but typical families, people who aren't parents, yeah. we need all of those people in our corner to kind of be on our side. Um, what do you think, how do you think that experience kind of impacted you? personally um i think it it impacted me uh like i said earlier like i was just drawn to them and i was drawn to them because of their joy mm-hmm. and um they chose to see obby's diagnosis as something to rejoice in wow and not be fearful of or be afraid of or um you know, doubt what he could do for others Mm -hmm. and how he could really point people to Christ just by being who he was. Right. So I think that, um, that impacted me a lot. And it, and that was, like I said, that was my first really interaction. So that kind of piqued my interest with special needs. Mm -hmm. Um, so. And I think 
I think that the funny thing is, is we connected because when I told you about Finn, you were, I think you said to me, oh, we have a sensory room. And I was like, what? (laughs) Right? And so that's part of the lingo. So you were speaking my language. And I was like, oh, we're going to be friends because you already have something set up for my kid. We do. We have a, we call it the crash pad. Uh Uh-huh. And we kind of built it because, well, three boys, but... During the summer, they're outside jumping on the trampoline 24-7. So that gets their energy out. But in the winter, um, they need a place where I can send them away for them to get their energy out. And yes. there may or may not be a lock on my side of the door <laughs> down in the basement. I think we'll forgive you. <laughs> it was here when we moved. So it's not my fault. All right. Um, but we, we put a gym mat down there and like those soft cubes and... Yes. Um, you know, like soft building toys and we put a climbing wall in and a trapeze and some crazy lights and a sound system down there. So they blare music down there and swing on trapeze stuff. You're, you're speaking my language. I mean, all that stuff is fantastic. And can I just say nothing will test your sanity quite like boys (laughs) in Ohio winter (laughs) and an Ohio winter and being trapped in a house with Uh, young boys and yeah that will test your sanity so bravo to you for making it through that (laughs) and for putting that room together um so have you had any experiences where you've been out in public you maybe with the kiddos they might notice a neurodiverse kid or a, a differently abled kid is that anything that you've... Yeah. Um, you know, kids, adults, you know, amputees. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's... it. People are going to stare. People are going to look. Mm-hmm. And kids don't know not to look or not to be curious about it. Mm-hmm. And so um, my husband is just so good at this, but he'll take note if we see someone from a distance or something and the kids just have a hard time not looking away. Mm -hmm. um, Trey will ask them like, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. And like, he knows very well what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. And so he'll say, what are you thinking? So he'll open up, you know, he'll open it up for dialogue, which I love that because, you know, we don't, the first thing we don't, you know, the first thing we say is don't look Mm -hmm. or don't stare or Mm -hmm. whatever. Um, but he says, what are you thinking? And it gives them time to really kind of, well, over there, they're in a wheelchair or, you know, or they're screaming or, you mm-hmm. know, something. And um, I think for us, like, you know, Trey always, you know, emphasizes that everyone was created for a purpose. Wow. It doesn't, there's, there's no limitations on anybody's being mm-hmm. that would, you know, take away from them having a purpose in this world. So, um, and then, and then I think that he's, he's really also great about like showing them through their, his actions, like he will approach them and Mm -hmm. say hi or help them if they need, or Mm -hmm. just like hold a hand or smile Mm -hmm. or, you know, and so I think that in those instances, it, I think it's good for a boy is to see that you can interact with people, you know, and that there's nothing to be afraid about Mm -hmm. and that you can, you know you can be vulnerable and just go up and hi, how are you doing? And what are you doing? And what do you like to do? And um, so I think it sets a good example for our boys to not run away from the situations, but Mm -hmm. rather run into Mm -hmm. um, to really just 
put some pieces together in their brains. And that's that. I think that's one of the first things I noticed about Trey and when we would come to church. And I often bring Finn into the auditorium after we're done after mm-hmm. service. And I think, you know, there's obviously people there who know Finn because we've been there a while. But even when you guys were first there, like that, that was the first thing I noticed about Trey is that he he went to Finn. He mm-hmm. like he made a point to acknowledge him. He made a point to say hi to him. And I was like, wow, that that feels pretty, pretty good mm-hmm. to have that because it's hard. It's hard to engage him sometimes. And there's all these other things going on and he's distracted and all over the place. And I appreciate that, that he just kind of sticks with it. And I think that is setting a, a great example for your kiddos um, because I'm excited because one day they're all going to be adults. Mm-hmm. And so no. I know I don't want to go there yet. Trust me, <laughs> don't go there yet. But one day, and I think about like, how are they going to see Finn when he's an adult? Mm-hmm. And my, my prayer is, is that they've had enough experience as young yeah. kiddos that they'll be like, oh, well, that's just Finn, yeah. you know, for whatever, however that looks in the future. That's kind of what I'm excited about and what I'm, what I'm prayerful for and hopeful for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do get excited when people from typical families pay attention to what's going on when they're curious. And I kind of just want to talk for just a second about um, what that might look like in terms of, um, you know, maybe some steps people can take. Mm-hmm. And you've already kind of talked about a few of them. Um, and I, I kind of want to share these with people. I hope all kinds of people are listening. Um, and these were some of the ones I just kind of found out there and I thought they were pretty good. Um, and some of the articles mentioned like, this is how you can be an ally. Mm -hmm. And so I thought we could talk about that for just a second. Um, some of them, but you know what? It's not just being an ally. It's like being a good fellow human being. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Right? Like just be a good fellow yeah, human being. Yeah, I think being. That sometimes, I mean, like some of these things that we teach our kids or we're exposing our kids to intentionally is because it's not just people with special needs. It's like you're, you are to treat everyone yes. equally and it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. I agree with but, that. But I mean, it's about being a good human being. Yes. <laughs> it's, so we it wanna, starts at that. We want to raise, we want to raise good human beings. Right. I, I think for the two of us and probably some other people listening out here, I think first our faith mm-hmm. dictates that we do that. And I'm so grateful that we have a church that acknowledges that we have special needs families. Um, And I'm grateful that we have kind of that support to keep that going. And I think that like that will just open up. I mean, I pray that we get more families Mm -hmm. that need our help and that it will continue to open up more people's experience to, Mm -hmm. yes, these are folks in our community who need our support and who need to be surrounded by good fellow human beings. Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the ways you can do this is number one is you can listen. And again, I think you've done a great job with that. Um, ask people about their stories. Listen to what they have to say. Um, the best 
people to share about what it's like to be disabled, differently abled, neurodiverse are those actual people. Um, And I actually make a point as a mom um, to a kiddo with autism, an autistic kiddo, is I seek out blogs that are written by autistic adults Mm. because I want to, I kind of like think like, I bet this is how Finn feels, or I bet this is how Finn is thinking about things. Yeah. Because he cannot speak. He does talk through his device. Um, He's verbal that way through his device. But I I look towards, like, what will his future be like? And so I I read those. I make it a point to kind of seek those things out. Um, And then, you know, you can be like Jessica. You can go and get over that fear and have that experience with another family. Approach that kid on the playground. Just listen to what that family or that person with who is differently abled, what they have to say. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, like you've done a really great job with that. So thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Another thing is um, understanding that a person's disability does not define them. Mm -hmm. And you really (laughs) talked about that with your experience with your family there in Texas is Um, I think you were mentioning about how, like, for them, it was just like who that kiddo was. It didn't like the diagnosis was what it is, but they're not choosing to focus on that. They were choosing to kind of live in that joy and know that that's how, you know, another way people could meet Christ is Mm -hmm. through that experience with that kiddo. And I thought that was a great way to look at it. Um, so understand that a person's disability doesn't define them. And I know Finn, like for him, it's his autism is not who he is. Mm-hmm. Like it is, but it's not. And he's so much more than his diagnosis. Um, and I think teaching people in your life that the person is so much more than, you know, who they might be on paper. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. So um, another one is. And this is just for now, this kind of speaks to what you talked about in terms of the fear. So you had mentioned you don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. And I did you have that experience? Did you feel like you ever said the wrong thing to that family? Not that I can know. And I bet even if you did, I bet they were pretty like forgiving yeah or maybe didn't point out to you oh my god i can't believe you just said that to me yeah (laughs) yeah they were probably like oh it's all good yeah and then went on because yeah i would hope that people if if someone is going out on a limb Mm -hmm. to to learn more about who you are and you know what your life looks like yeah then you would have enough compassion to Maybe politely correct them, but, you know, but just accept. I mean, like, you know, or even to, you know, take the stance of, oh, they just don't know. Yes. Yeah. And I think, I think that any, I think 99.9% of the families out there that you would make an effort with would be like, oh, they just don't know. Let me, let me help you understand, or let me tell you, you know, how else you might think about this or how else you might say that. Um, And that's why I usually stay away from lists like what not to say to special needs parents Mm -hmm. or what not to say. I've read so many articles. (laughs) Like when I see them come across Facebook, I'm like, I need to put these in my brain. Like, and really it's not, I think people are able to see 
your intent and your heart behind it. I agree. It's with not that. the things that come out of your mouth. It's just that you're just trying to learn. Yes. <laughs> or at least I hope they think that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I think you're good. I, I will say the one, the only one thing, and I've been in this journey now for about five years. The only thing that I would say, maybe not to say, like give you an example, is just to not tell parents that they're saints or ask, mm, oh my yeah, God, I'm how do you do this? That. You know? Yeah. Because part of it, I think part of that speaks to that fear. Like people, yeah. I know people are fearful. Like they wouldn't, they wouldn't want this to happen, that their kid wouldn't be able to speak. I get that. Yeah. And it just kind of reinforces, like, when you say things like that, like, oh, my God, you're a saint, or I don't know how you do it, it kind of reinforces to me that idea of, like, you know what, I'm afraid anyway. If, if Finn were typical, I'd probably be afraid, but, yeah, we got a little bit more of it, but the fear, it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be there. You know, it doesn't have to consume you. And... And when someone says something like that to me, it kind of brings that all back up. Yeah. You know, like there's really nothing to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. It's demanding. It's challenging. I talk to God a whole lot more now than I ever used to. But there's there's nothing to be afraid of. Yeah. Well, and on your on your end, like you don't know any difference. So when someone says something from their point of view, it can come off really offensive because you're like, but. I don't know any different. Like, this is my life. And like, this is, I mean, I love, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think for them, it's like, I think for them, they picture themselves if Mm -hmm. they were to have a special needs and then they would think automatically in their mind, I don't know how I would do that or I couldn't do that. And then they put that same projection on you. Yeah. Yeah. When really like, you know, no different. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a really good way to think about it. So I would say like, if I were going to put out a list, that would be the one thing. Like, don't say, <laughs> don't call me a saint mm-hmm. because you don't know what I said to my kid five minutes ago oh, yeah. when I was really unhappy. <laughs> or yeah. there, or there might be a lock on the door. I'm oh, just yeah. saying, I mean, right? Yeah, got to get that off. Yeah, and and I think the last thing is the fear. Um, you know, and I think how you talked about that, you educated yourself. Right. To kind of help overcome that fear, you used your curiosity. And I would encourage anybody who's listening who is from a typical family or you're a typical person, use that fear to get curious. Get curious about the family, about the kid who is differently abled. Um, Follow it up. You know, if you stare, great, but follow it up with a, hey, how are you? Mm -hmm. And just say, yeah, you know, what's going on? How are you? What's your life like today? Because, um, man, I love to talk about Finn. I love to talk about my family. Mm-hmm. I think they're pretty awesome, but yeah. that's just me. They're kind of like your, you know, your pride and joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we're kind of at the end of our stuff. How do you feel making it through That was great. The I, interview? I, I just, like, I was excited to have this discussion um, because... Um, I had never, I had really never seen my position as being an ally mm-hmm. and I, and I hope that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just, I, you know, to kind of 
dialogue through this, I was just excited to see like what it meant to be a better ally. You know, mm-hmm. how can you assist, you know, how can I, how can we assist people that just, you know, go through the grind like you talked about, mm-hmm. you know, and how can you just be there to say, hey, thinking about you or what can I do? Or like, I'll be there in five minutes or, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And if you're not going to know, and it goes with anybody, you're not going to know how to serve them unless you get to know them. Very true. Yeah, that's that's a very, very good point. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're a person who's kind of fearful or you're a person who's kind of curious, use that curiosity. Um, and I pray that if you're listening and you're of a neurotypical background or in a neurotypical family, um, you know, I pray that you can go out and kind of make a difference for somebody who might need it, mm-hmm. a special needs family that might need it. And if you're in a special needs family, um, I pray that you guys can find what you need in terms of people who can be your allies, those good fellow human beings. Um, and I hope that, that you guys will get that soon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Soon. So. Because you're missing out. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks for talking to me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Take care.